0: He's There's like, that Simba Lion King moment when you're in the delivery room and he's like,
1: "That's ah, what, I made this! The nurses were saying that to me, like, don't forget to hold her aloft. I was going, yeah, I'm but, just going like,
0: to hold like this." <laughs> exactly. How about safely over here, yeah, with a couple of cushions yeah. on the floor?
1: Hello and welcome to this brand new podcast, Dave Berry's Dad Pod. I am Dave Berry and I recently became a father for the first time to a wonderful little being named Evangeline. That's why I wanted to create a place for all people to come and celebrate the wonderful, exciting, sometimes frankly scary, but absolute joy of fatherhood. Each episode, I'll be joined by a special guest to talk all things dad. And today I'm joined by a bona fide super dad. By day, he is a management consultant. At all other times, he is a social media superstar. In 2016, he started an Instagram account devoted to sharing pictures of his family. And quickly, father of daughters became a sensation. He now boasts over one million followers and many more when combined with his wife, Clemmie, or mother of daughters, who is also a social media star. Uh, Clemmie was invited along, but the irony of all of this is someone's got to look after the kids. Exactly. (laughs) He's a genuine influencer with the Sunday Times recently ranking him at 33 in Britain's top 100 influencers. And he has used his status to speak up for father's rights, as well as to share his experiences in his book, Forever Outnumbered. He's a dad of four daughters, Anya twelve, Marnie eight, and identical twins Ottilie and Delilah, who are three. It's Simon Hooper. Hey, Simon.
0: Hi there, and thanks for that amazing introduction. I feel like I've gone red. Happy with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> I like the reference for influencer there in there as well. I haven't acknowledged that at all because, weirdly, influencer feels like a dirty word. And as okay. soon as you put your hand up and say, yeah, I'm an influencer, then it's like, oh, no, 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 we don't like you anymore.
1: Well, no, yes, I get what you mean, actually, but there's, there's different types of influencers and they're looked on in different ways.
0: True. I True. think
1: you're not doing the whitening paste on your teeth, are no, you? No, I'm
0: not shaking a, a cosmetics product in a in a kind of GIF and yeah. <laughs> telling you how it's changed my life. So no, I suppose I'm not doing that. So that's why you're on the pod, because we, we
1: like you as an influencer. Good. Um, now, I'm fairly new to parenthood. You mm-hmm. became a father at 24. Yeah. Uh, before any of your friends, you said you had no intention of becoming a dad until you were at least 32. Mm-hmm. What did you expect parenthood to be like compared to how it is? And would you say, broadly speaking, it's very much trial and error?
0: Yeah, it's completely trial and error. And it I don't think any amount of preparation or thinking can really get you ready for what parenthood is going to be. Um, uh, before you have children, the only reference you have is your own family life, right? Your, your own parents. So I used to look at them and think "Well, they, they kind of muddled through with three kids and it can't be that difficult <laughs> but I had no concept how much work they did in the background, especially with like small children. So when I was growing up and the, my brother and sister who are both younger, when they were babies I had no concept that they were up all night or anything like that. I'd just wake up and put my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pants on <laughs> start playing with the Lego and they'd all look shattered and I wouldn't really understand why but now I completely get it and it's um, as you say trial and error right we, no one gives you a manual to tell you exactly what you're supposed to do and I think the scariest part for me apart from witnessing labor which was I mean my wife is a midwife so I should have been more prepared but I never read any of the books that she left out for me so <laughs> that was that was my fault but the scariest part was coming back home with that small person you're now responsible for and no one telling you what to do it's like in the hospital there were lots of adults to tell you (laughs) right you need to stand here you do this try not to crack any jokes and stop eating your wife's toast (laughs) whereas when I got home it was just me and Clemmie and and, and a small person sat in the middle of the room and I had no idea what to do and I, I kind of thought Clemmie being a midwife she knows about babies She didn't either, because the (laughs) midwife stuff stops at when they've had a baby. Hand it over, (laughs) of course. Um, It's interesting because, as I said, you you became a father before any
1: of your friends. And I kind of came a little later uh, to fatherhood. So my friends were able to give me warnings. And and, and one of them said, the worst drive of your life is the drive that you take
0: back from the hospital with your partner and your newborn baby. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're doing your driving test all over again. <laughs> yeah. like, and you don't want to get it above third gear and you're checking every mirror and sometimes, somehow you become the most courteous driver in the world. You're at a roundabout. It's clear, but you'll wait because there's a lorry about 500 miles <laughs> uh, miles down the road and you're thinking I'll oh, just let that guy go it's fine yeah. it's fine and then slowly pull up to the house and then like oh okay now what do I do and then the self-doubt sets in I remember you know, I was perfectly
1: able to swaddle in the hospital and then as soon as we got home and I had to swaddle without any adults
0: around as you say yeah.
1: I can't swaddle anymore I don't know no, I <laughs> where know. have my
0: swaddling abilities gone I know and you're thinking I'm letting this child down <laughs> they must think I'm the worst parent, whereas actually they're not thinking about anything apart from getting some milk from mum and that's yeah. about it But yeah, it's a learning curve definitely and I think uh, being the first one out of my friend's I did have the opportunity to then pass on those learnings to people as well, whether they listened or not. I think they... Well, they would have been really grateful, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, I
1: was I was so grateful to have so many friends who had already become mums and dads. Now, you started the Instagram account, Father of Daughters, in 2016, mm. after the birth of the twins. Yes. It is a heartwarming, genuine feed. It's funny as well. It's an insight into your life as a dad and, and the Hooper household in general. Mm. You said how you became aware of a lack of fathers sharing their family lives online. Yeah. Is this why you wanted to do it? Or did you just take that picture one day and, (laughs) you know, and it got a few likes and you thought, oh, don't my
0: children look beautiful? And and it kind of snowballed from there. Yeah, no, it's definitely the first part. So uh, historically, dads aren't very good or men in general aren't very good at talking or opening up about how they feel. And I do remember being in the pub and like talking to friends like, oh, how's family life going? And what you tend to do is saying fine. My dad was a a master at saying fine in any number of different ways. And after a while, you could try to figure out what he really means. But we don't talk about stuff. No. Whereas women have had this community that's grown up online that is sharing their experiences of motherhood and preparing uh, each other to give each other advice and, and help each other through situations. Whereas dads just weren't present uh, really on social media. Um, and I saw an opportunity to maybe, one, put a male voice into the conversation. We're, we're 50% of the parenting team, right? And mm-hmm. it would be good to get our voice in there. Um, but two, there was also a lack of honesty. Are on social media which is something that's still prevalent today you know we always talk about how instagram is dan- damaging our children's lives because it's false representation of what realism is that's exactly what i wanted to get away from like i wanted to show the dirt and grime that goes with being part of a family and talk about the hard stuff but also make fun of the fact that it is mundane being a parent sometimes and we are all doing the same stuff and we all struggle but we can look back at that stuff and laugh about it because it's just part of family life.
1: This is why I was so keen to have you on the podcast because the dad pod came to fruition through me talking about my experiences, along with my partner, of being pregnant and becoming a dad, and so many dads getting in touch with pieces of advice and. Mm you know, kind of through the radio, putting an arm around the shoulder and stuff. And that's why I thought that there was a place for the dad pod in the world. So this is why it's great to hear you say that. Do you find it hard at all showing your parenthood on social media? Are there there times when you second guess whether you should have done it or you should have posted a certain thing are there people always trying to give you their own dad advice? does it sometimes <laughs> grate you or are you you know what you're doing you're enjoying it the kids are enjoying it so you, you're going to carry on
0: yeah so uh, well and firstly I set out on this to kind of get more men involved in the conversation as well what's actually happened out of the 1.1 million followers I have, 90% of women. Right, okay. And, but, but 10% of a million is still 100,000, right? So I and mean, it's a lot of guys out there, which is good. So I do get more men interaction, but it tends to be when I'm talking about like sports events or something that I've been to. Like, Stop
1: being so stereotypical, men! Uh, I was
0: going to say, come on, let's grow up. Let's open those emotional floodgates. Come on. Um, it has been an opportunity for me to talk honestly about my stuff. And I, I don't think that I've ever kind of posted something and then thought... I wish I hadn't put mm-hmm. that out there because that's the point of being honest and putting yourself out there and revealing what happens in a home because, actually, as soon as you do, you find, in the vast majority of cases, people will rally around you and say, Oh, my God, thank God someone has said that it's like this because I've had this situation X, Y, and Z times, and it's so good that it's, it's normal. So I've never um, kind of pulled back from anything. And if anything, it just encourages me to be more honest yeah. um, because that's what people want and I think what people feed off
1: and that keeps your sanity as far as what you're doing is pure and for the right reasons you're not crossing over into what we spoke about before where mm. you know insta life isn't exactly reflecting real life and that's what yeah. you're you're trying to avoid yeah
0: yeah exactly and I think this is one thing that I want to clear up with people at the moment mm-hmm. I have a full daytime job yes right? and that's that why been... I said super dad at yeah, the beginning exactly right <laughs> so I, I work 55 hours a week as a management consultant uh, in central London and I think people assume that I'm a stay-at-home dad but I'm not. I work everything else around it. And this is one of the reasons why I think people are more engaged is because that I still have my foot in reality. I go to work. I go to the office. I don't lose myself into social media events where someone's, you know, producing a new yogurt and they want us to go to the opening of it. Whatever. But it's like... <laughs> Um, I don't want to go to all of those things no, there are no. some things and don't get me wrong it has allowed us to open some doors to go to some amazing things like yes. the, the premieres of films like where I was in touching distance of Beyonce that was a oh! red letter day don't get me wrong
1: congratulations thanks Simon. very
0: much I think I almost breathed the same air at her at some point point. <laughs> um, and there's the opportunities to obviously go on holidays that we might not have been able to when we have a big family and it costs a lot to take people away you know we're going to have a look at those opportunities as long as it's in school holidays and all that kind of stuff yeah. So there are great benefits to it as well, but I haven't lost myself down the rabbit hole yet.
1: No, well, let's hope that you don't, and I'm sure you won't. Um, seeing as, you know, your children are the stars of the show, mm. do they have every right to come to you and Clemmie and ask for extra pocket money? Have they, got- <laughs> 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 have they, have they worked that out yet? Are they-,
0: <laughs> um, they are the same as every other child. They need to work to do- get their pocket money. We have an app at home uh, which allows them, I kind of give them... Um, tasks that they can have to do so it allocates them and then once they've completed them it kind of builds the pocket money up over a week to a maximum of like four quid or something so that's only the only pocket money that they get that's what they're going to deal with and if there's any bad language or profanity that number goes down again so yeah it's uh although money and kids is like a a weird one because you don't really know how much people are giving for the tooth fairy for example this is something you'll come across later in life i
1: got given my my dear friend matt dyson who i do my radio show alongside he said it's five pounds for the first tooth one pound
0: thereafter yeah (laughs) what do you think about that simon (laughs) well i uh, inflation's obviously happened right so it was it was 20p a tooth back in the day i'm sure but it's yeah a quid a tooth i'm not sure about the fiver for the first one okay so I put this out there and someone's here like oh I used to get 20 quid for a molar so what are you doing 20 quid for a molar was it gold <laughs> I've been that... pulling them out with pliers exactly this poor kid like, daddy can we get I've taken all my T out
1: but he's got the new Nintendo exactly can't string a sentence together but he's got the latest console Your eldest daughter's now 12, yep. which is, uh, I mean, it's different for everybody, but mm. you'd say that social media is coming into her life it and, definitely is, and yeah. other children of, of that age around that time. How are you policing that? How are you handling that? Had you and Clemmy kind of thought about this in advance? Could you see it coming? Yeah. Because I'm, I personally feel, even though, you know, Evangeline's only nine months old. What, for you, me, haven't, you haven't got a Facebook account, <laughs> so. <sorted? laughs> How don't... lazy are you? <laughs> you're not forward thinking I, <laughs> I just hope she's got a lot of teeth that's the only way she's going to pay her way through university but I, I'm kind of putting it in the same bracket as you know don't touch that it's hot don't yeah. get into cars with strangers social yes. media I think the way it's going it needs to, going, it it needs to be same, seriously
0: looked at and it's the same education and they actually yeah. do this in the, the girls school they talk about social media and, oh, and, great. and the dangers of it and how you should protect yourself online and all that kind of stuff but I think because Clemmy and I have such a big presence if anything we're probably more stringent than some other parents so we really make sure that every account they have as a private account that i mean there's no identifying pictures that could get out there that you could help understand where someone is or anything like that and don't post in real time so that people don't know where you are and all those kind of things so we're very, we're very cautious about that kind of stuff. But you can't get away from the fact, as children grow up, they are going to want to be on social media. Although, weirdly, I've got a million followers, and, and she thinks I'm the most uncool person in the world. <laughs> Apart from when that influencer list came out, and then she recognised some other names on the list, and she said, oh, yeah, you're quite cool, aren't you? So, well, yeah, now you think I am, but... You should just say, let me ask
1: my friend Beyonce if she thinks I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, do, do you know I almost breathe the same air as her? Yeah, you've you got to pull the Beyonce card out more, Simon. So, mean, you really have. <laughs> So, with the social media stuff, it's more important about the message that you're, you're trying to put across through the success you've had on it. And you recently mm. joined the Nappy Change Revolution. Yes. Uh, tell everybody about this campaign and, and why you're involved in it.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of things are about equality within parenting. And I think the one of the things that has been lacking over the years, and is starting to change, is napping changing facilities within men's toilets. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... if Every other dad out there that's listening to this that has been through the early stages has probably gone into a men's toilet and has had to put a jacket down on top of a... Urinal or, or on top of a cistern to be able to lie a kid flat while you're on your knees with your bum against the door, which it doesn't have a lock on it, and you know you get up and you've got wee patches on your knees because there aren't. Any you want ch- to go to better places. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know where, where am I going. It's, it's like you're in train spotting. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm painting a very bad picture for no, girls I, of what the men's toilets look like <laughs> yeah, as well. But, I get your point. Please carry on. I do. Yeah, but the, the facilities aren't there. So and, and the only place I must admit where I'd been recently where they did have it was in America at Disneyland so they had uh, universal changing facilities uh, outside all the main toilets so you can be a man or a woman or a ma- dad or a mum and you can change your child whereas otherwise it's always a case of you know giving the baby to the mum and then they'd have to go off and go and change mm. them Although I have heard a number of stories of men just barging into women's toilets and saying, look, I need to change my kid when they're on their own. And it seems like most mums are okay with it because I didn't know. Of course, they haven't got urinals in mum's toilets. But, (laughs) you know, everyone's behind a closed cubicle anyway, so you can't see anything.
1: I think that it would be refreshing for, for women using the women's toilets to see that. I, I wouldn't hmm. go for barging in. I'd go for a polite well, knock, they, knock on the door. I think
0: they'd call around the corner and <laughs> say, I is change? anyone there yeah, first? Yeah, yeah. Barging in, I maybe painted a bad picture. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm sure it wouldn't work the other way. Can you imagine a, a line of men at the urinal <laughs> and a mum walking in? I'm just going to change the kid in here. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it wouldn't work that way. <laughs> no. And from the picture you painted of the gents loose,
1: why would they want to do that anyway? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You also listed a few phrases, in keeping with that nappy change revolution idea, that you you never want to hear again. And you put those out there. Things like, out on your own, where's mum? Are you giving her a break?
0: Yeah, yeah. Things like that annoy you. I get a lot of that. And and I think it's increased with the number of children I have. So, I mean, four is a lot. And they're Mm. all girls. So, I mean, people want to have a little look as we walk by because they're always like pretty amazed. And there was a point, especially when I was carrying both twins, like, so my back would be hunched (laughs) over, and I'd be carrying these two kids with another two on scooters next to me and, you know, sweat running down my face. But it's usually like questions like, oh, are they all yours? No, I've just been to the park and <laughs> sweeped up all these children, and now I'm off to go and give them sweets and put them in my yeah. van. No, that's not me. Uh, yeah, they're all mine. Um, or, or, yeah, and are you giving mum a break, or or where's mum, and all that kind of stuff? Is this assumption that somehow we aren't the primary caregiver or able to look after them for any length of period of time. And. You know, admittedly, when I started out, I didn't know anything. So, I mean, that is like, yeah, I, I am kind of making it up as I go along. And yes, I do need the support of my wife to get through this. But as you get more and more experience, you become an independent parent as well. You can take four kids swimming like I did the other day, but I don't recommend it. And, and also, I don't, I don't know how the person at the front desk said, yeah, that's fine. You've got four kids and, and one adult and, and two of them can't swim. Sure, go in. As a little metal gate revolves, you're thinking, are you serious? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She's forking over my money. But I think that it comes with confidence. And the more men and dads do stuff with their kids independently of having your wife or partner with you, the more confidence it gives you in being able to be a parent and be active and take people out and do things Mm. rather than becoming a hermit and like sitting at home and thinking that putting CBBs on is parenting because it is and we use it as a great tool but there's more to it than that.
1: Yeah, I mean I was very fortunate I've got I've got two young nieces, Alice who's 7, Penny who's 4. And I love going out with those guys, and I love exploring, and I love playing. And it's meant that, you know, even though Evangeline is very young, when we get to go for our our walks together and stuff, it's just something I I thoroughly enjoy and feel totally comfortable in being able to change her if she needs to be changed or feed her if she needs to be fed. Exactly. And it's it's just a lovely thing to to do as well, isn't it?
0: It, It's a bonding opportunity, and I think that's one of the things that's changing with flexible working as well now. Uh, I don't know if we want to go into politics or policy. No, please, go ahead. So there's, uh, there's a big change with flexible working being pushed in the uk at the moment and a shared parental leave as well um so previously it was maternity leave and paternity leave was then what two weeks or you could choose to have one week and then take a break and then another week after that what we're seeing an increase of now is shared parental leave so you can actually share a a longer duration and yes it's um, a a cut in your salary to be able to do it but it allows you to share the burden of being a, a parent from the outset and you really get an opportunity to bond with your child understand you know what it means to be at home with your child mm-hmm. and how you can share the workload rather than being someone who just comes home at the end of the night and kisses your kid goodnight and i think that's a really amazing thing but weirdly I think it's only 2.5% of people in the UK have started picking that up and and it needs to change just because as soon as people start making it the norm then it won't be so it won't be seen as career suicide by people or or the wrong thing to be doing and I I think that just comes from education within employers as well they need to talk about what the options are what the effect will be um but I wish I'd had the opportunity to take it up because I'd I missed out on a fair chunk of that. what happened in the first six months, mm-hmm. especially with Anya. I made the mistake of saying, yes, I'll go on to comment with my company. So I flew out to Holland on a Monday and I got back on a Friday and I did that for six months um, wow. from the age of Anya being five weeks old. Yeah. Uh, and that had a massive effect not only on my bond with Anya, but also my wife's mental health as well because she was in a basement flat in South London on her own with no friends. We'd just moved to the area and I'd abandoned her basically. So I'll always feel bad about that.
1: Yes, I'm sure you do. I mean, you shouldn't and you make these decisions. It's... It's it's frightening how, you know, talking to dads who have jobs, how little they do get to see mm. their children. Something that I, I know from being a dad now is just how quickly they change and how they yeah. grow. And those, you do have that pang of, of, of guilt that you've missed something. Even yeah. I've been away with business and come back after 10 days and yeah. Evie's just change, you know, she's doing things that I've missed, she's sitting up a bit
0: exactly. stronger. And-, and, and before you <clears throat> have children, the idea of work-life balance isn't something you really think about, because you're like, well, I'm, I go to work and I've got my social life outside and it's all kind of intermingled and everything happens. The importance of, uh, of work and, and social life balance after you've had a child, it grows in importance mm. incredibly. And you want to make sure that you're not spending all your time away from your family. But similarly, you, are, you, know, you, you, you value seeing that person grow up and I mean, you want to be more present in their lives. So I would encourage people, if they're listening, to um, you know, just speak to an employer about what your options are do I just have to take the paternity leave like for the, for the two weeks or is there an option for me to go and get a bit more time with my family and help my partner as they recover from you know, birth and, and make sure that I'm present in those first six months, which are really developmental to uh, bonds and family, uh, family building?
1: Great advice. Go and find out what your options are. You know, yeah. that, that, is, that is amazing advice. You released your book, Forever Outnumbered, um, I wonder, we, you know, we talk about the full-time job that you have and you've got all of this stuff going on online, which is presenting yeah. these new opportunities. And, of course, the bare bones of this is you're a father of
0: four yes. daughters. How did you find time to write a book? Uh, so, uh, I don't sleep very much. I, okay. I, so <laughs> I've, got, I've got used to that. Basically, I found out after having my first daughter... That I'm a bit of a night owl I, I can right. stay up late and I can get up early so I don't need much so I wrote the book between midnight and 3am for nine months that was my pregnancy basically Okay, <laughs> that was my gestation <laughs> period and it was really an amazing opportunity just to reflect on how far I'd come as a parent and where the journey had taken us. Like, no way had I thought when I was 18, you know what, when I'm 24, I'm going to have my first daughter and by the time I'm 33, I'm going to have four kids. Wow. No one thinks that, surely. (laughs) And they're all going to be girls and they're going to be identical twins in there as well. You can't predict this stuff. So that opportunity to reflect on... You know where I'd come the lessons I'd learn and it was kind of more of a an opportunity to write a manual about how not to do things so that okay. people can take what they want from it but maybe not follow some of the things that I messed up first time round. But yeah, it was a really therapeutic process and I really enjoyed it, which is the same way in which I used Instagram today, Um, talking to a large group of people and it's a therapy. I get to put all my challenges and problems down in a photo or within the copy of the uh, text that goes with it and just put it out to this open source therapy group of other parents who can then say, yeah, don't worry about it. It's okay. So in the same way, that's what I was trying to do with the book.
1: You've said that you are, as a dad, you've become a poorly trained chef, a comedian, a DIY specialist, a puppeteer, an unlicensed doctor, which is the most worrying out of all that, (laughs) a children's entertainer, a master Lego builder, a singer, a dancer, a reluctant makeup model. I bet you look great. Oh, thanks. Um, A hairdresser. um, And this is the benchmark by which all future boyfriends must be measured.
0: Yes, exactly. That's the idea, right? That's My role here is to make sure that I set the expectation of what any man (laughs) should be so high that no future prospective partners can ever live up to it. And if that works out and they're all single by the time they're 45, that's great. (laughs) then I've done it.
1: I don't think that Evie will ever find a man in her life who is willing like I am to uh, repeatedly fake sneeze for about an hour and a half just because
0: it makes her giggle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I've been doing this, and now it's
0: night time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing the things you find yourself doing, isn't it? I mean, just for the just for that giggle, for that moment, and then you think, yeah, wow, this must look so weird from the outside. Yeah, but yeah, it's okay.
1: For any uh, soon-to-be dads or new parents out there, here's a little tip from me: a little bit of dad advice is children, young children, love repetition. If you strike upon something they like, you will be doing it all week long. Yes,
0: I had the same experience. <laughs> uh, we were just on holiday in Turkey, and I thought you know I'm going to do a macho thing I'm going to double shoulder ride the kids so I put one up and I can do it but, and I thought oh this is easy because the sand's hot and I was, being, I was doing a favour and also I just thought this looks pretty cool doesn't it I, dad with like twins on his shoulder and the heads turned on the beach but then every like 20 minutes double, double shoulder ride double shoulder I was like by the end of the holiday I was two inches shorter um, but yeah so you have to get used to like doing whatever your children want basically on repeat yeah a lot
1: So, Simon, we just touched on you being in Turkey with the family, Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that you live down by the the coast, which is great. Yeah. Um, With the school summer holidays, a long distant memory, how is it possible to keep four daughters entertained for that duration of time?
0: I mean, that is a question. Um, But I think there's another important thing that today kids don't know how to be bored. Right. And this is a, something I've spoken about with a number of people as well. Kids should learn how to be bored and fill that time on their own. Like, I'm sure that's what you used to do when yep. you were young, right? Absolutely. And it's because you then go off and play with a SNES or like build Lego or you go out with your friends on your bike or whatever. But there's currently this need that we should be doing all the entertaining for our children. That's not right. Mm. They, they should be the ones who can actually start to drive their own imagination and maybe social media or technology has killed our kids' imaginations and they don't know how to do anything anymore. Um, but yeah, that's my opinion is that they, they should learn how to be bored and how to entertain themselves to a certain degree. That said, we also abused all of the membership cards to every local <laughs> attraction that we could find. <laughs> so like wildlife parks, yeah, we've done them all. we actually know all the Miyake by name now Uh, I think we went to like every theme park we could go to but then again we've got the beach next to us as well because we're down on the coast in in Kent and that is just free entertainment so you know got got nothing else to do right pack up the dog pack up the kids get to the beach and let them just run off and blow off some steam because essentially anything that involves fresh air is wonderful the only thing is that then that leads to a danger nap I don't know if you've come across danger naps yet So, so there are specific times in the day you are not allowed to let children sleep.
1: Oh, yes, I have to keep Evangeline up until we get to that magic moment when yes. it will fit in with the rest of the schedule. Yeah,
0: yeah. exactly. And for the ages of two or three, the danger in that period is usually like 4 to 5.30. If if they have fallen asleep in the car or on the sofa, uh, I, you're almost like, oh, I'll just leave them there, that's great. But they've got to go to bed in an hour when they wake up, and it's just a nightmare. <laughs> And I did, this, I did this video the other day of like, I was kind of winning. I just thought, come back from nursery and the kids are all asleep in the car. And most impressively, I transferred them from their car seats onto the sofa. And I was like, yes, oh, silence, brilliant. Yeah. And then It's like fi- being a bomb disposal expert, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But then I fast forward an hour and the kids are screaming, refusing to put on their pyjamas. There's nappies flying everywhere. Like everyone hates me. And it's because I let them nap. So that's a key takeaway. Don't fall into the trap of doing a danger nap. Make sure you keep kids going so they actually sleep at night. (laughs) Okay, the danger nap is a good piece of advice.
1: Thank you. You wrote that your response to finding out you had twins was twins... I bloody knew this would happen if we went for a third. (laughs) (laughs) It took Clemmie ages to talk me into this, and now, I mean, how are we going to cope? Twins has um, been a blessing for a couple of friends of mine, and Mm. they've both been visibly shocked to their very core when they've told me the news. Yeah, um, Obviously, they love their children and they're a wonderful addition to their family. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about it now, three years oh, on?
0: Now I wouldn't change it, obviously. No, of course. It's amazing. And the people they've developed into are wonderful. I mean, Clemmie's still livid that none of the kids look like her. and they, <laughs> <laughs> She did all the hard work and yet they all come out <laughs> looking like me. She's really angry about that. Um, but at the time, the idea of twins was scary yeah and and i've i've spoken about this previously on instagram but this question to you Mm. actually first time round would you like twins first time round so you were just thrown in the deep end or would you rather have two kids and then twins at the end so you knew what you're doing but you had another two kids to look after my goodness i I think
1: it would depend on the age spacing is one thing Mm. but i i couldn't because it, it's quite fresh for me still, I couldn't imagine having to cope with two newborn babies. You look I got you're back in pain from the... while you're thinking about this. <laughs> it's just, I'm just thinking about what we've been through, which is just such a blessing, and it's amazing. But times two, yeah. I think I would, if I had to choose to answer your question, I'm waffling and looking nervous. I, okay. I'd have, I'd have the twins at the end. I think.
0: Yeah. And I'm. What, glad... what
1: about? I mean, it happened for you, but what, yeah. do you agree? With, yeah, well, that...
0: I don't know any different. I've got friends who have just had identical twins as well, and as their first, as their first kids. Wow. And we were talking about it over lunch the other day. And I guess uh, in hindsight, I'm glad it's round this way um, because at least we only had one to look after the first time round if you've got two that's double the amount of stuff that you've got to buy two new parents who don't really know very much anyway they're all going to become independent parents for a child each now which is the way we subdivided the twins like I had one and Clemmie had one we slept in separate rooms and <laughs> because we weren't getting any sleep one would wake up the other one would go to sleep and it was just a constant yeah, spinning no- plates yeah, exactly yeah. exactly.
1: we all know the concept of the dad joke mm. um, and you know whether we like it or not we all slip into doing them of course even if we kind of try vehemently to avoid avoid doing it, it happens. Yeah. But do your kids make you and Clemmy laugh?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the, the thing that I, yeah, the accents is something. Because I think our kids watch so much YouTube, <laughs> they just hear all these accents. The one that's prevalent in our house is a, like a Californian-American person. So right. Like, oh, dude, like, that? <laughs> that's so amazing. It's like, oh, God, I hear enough of that from the television. Please don't do any more impressions. But it is very good. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, the, the funny bits are are like, when they bring uh, jokes home from school and they tell it like it's the freshest, newest joke. And it's a rework of the stuff that when we were kids, and I have to play along, and it's like, I've never heard this joke. And then, oh my God, that's amazing, the punchline's brilliant. And then I walk off to Clemmie and I say, do you remember that joke? So yeah, I remember that joke. Of course we all remember that joke. We all meant a run it poo. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, you've been peppering your appearance on the Dad Pod with some great dad advice, Simon, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch said, sleep when they sleep. Make sure you build in some napping time into your day Mm. to avoid going insane.
0: Yes, 100%. Agreed? Yes, yeah, yeah. If if you can do it. Because going to sleep when they're asleep is actually quite difficult because then you're worried about whether they're going to wake up. So I found it really hard to just drop off to sleep during the day. But if you can do it, do it.
1: Yeah, and, you know, and... Benedict's probably working on a project that's a few years away and, you know, he's getting
0: into character. He's
1: got the time in the (laughs) day to do such things. (laughs) Uh, Comedian Rob Beckett gave a piece of Dad Vice, which tallied up with one of the posts that you'd put on Instagram, which was uh, about... He he would spend as long as he possibly could... uh, during his ablutions, so he would be gone <laughs> yeah. into the bathroom yeah. for four hours to read the Sunday Times or whatever Rob reads. Yeah. Uh, and you—you you said the thing about one of the rules of when you're in charge of bath time mm. is you can splish and splash around in that bath, getting the water just right for as long as you the, need.
0: There are so many time <laughs> killing or you know expanding those staycation things that you you come up with. Like i have taken phone calls. There's no one on the phone. <laughs> so I just sit. I just sit. Just sit in another room. It's like no. Wow. Sh- 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 daddy's on. the daddy's Nothing. Shh, come on. Uh, yeah, obviously they're hiding in the toilet. That's a good one. Yeah. I've uh, I've been making a woodwork project in the basement for two and a half years. Not a single nail has been hit into You've a piece no of wood. wood. No hammer. No, no, no. It's just me sat downstairs on a deck chair with a beer. <laughs>
1: But, well, you have got a hammer, which you occasionally just bang yes, it
0: against the floor. Exactly. Also, going to DIY stores to go and get screws, of which I've got 12 packs already. I'm just going to pop out and get something for that thing that I'm making, okay? I'll see you in a bit. Or going to the tip as well. Going yeah. to the tip. I don't know why. I seem to go to the tip a lot. But there's also a a restaurant a cafe next door, so I'll usually come out of there, have a quick coffee, you know, any opportunity. A
1: trip to the tip is is like a mini-break. It's a mini-break for any parent.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or or just checking in the car because someone's dropped a, a muslin and they can't go to sleep. I'll go to the car, I'll check for the muslin, and then I'll maybe close the door see you tomorrow turn, turn, t- close the door and turn the radio on for a couple of minutes just lock the doors from the inside yeah exactly and if, even if I really scooch down it doesn't even look like there's anyone in the car so that's fine the neighbours are like Simon sat in his car on his own again he has not even turned the engine on things must be going really bad in that house
1: so a couple more questions Simon before we release you back into the wild and one which I ask everybody um, who comes on the pod is your children hear this back
0: in 15 years mm-hmm. What would you like to say to them? I would like to say, I hope you had fun growing up because that was my aim. Um, childhood should be fun, and it's over too quickly, especially nowadays. Um, so I hope that I provided every opportunity that you had to have fun while you were growing up before you became an adult. Very nice. In fact, I'm welling up a little bit. I'm, not, I'm, I'm a bit no. It's, then it's, as no well. it's,
1: when you think about it, this. It's just, it's such a it's such a big question isn't it and it's the it's the thought of it being 15 years from now and yeah, being, listening uh, back Yeah although I voice. will warn
0: you it goes incredibly quickly. I mean you're 9 months into this. Yeah. But 12 years the eldest at the moment that feels like a week ago. It, it is really? amazing. Oh, goodness I man. mean when they're being horrible it feels like forever. <laughs> it's time to
1: get in the car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. But but it, time really goes quickly and which is why it's so important to value these these moments and to And if you can, capture them in your memory. I I managed to do it through Instagram because I don't want to forget these moments. So I want to remember the good, the bad and the ugly of growing up with children and being a dad. Um, But take your opportunities to make sure you mentally take note of things as they happen because it does go by really quick.
1: One of the other things, just, just on that, the beauty of something like Instagram or just the camera roll on your phone... Which I think is different from when we were kids is if I' look through photos now of being a child with you know with my parents with my little sister mm. it's just a jumble of yeah. holidays and times together and and, and they're lovely but mm. you've already you've got the date and you've got the where it was taken and that's all provided for you with such ease yeah I mean I've seen people in, you know my, my parents attempted to write the year and where we were <laughs> on the back of yeah. various photos but it's it's nice to have that record and to be able to instantly figure out how old they were and where you were. And it's a really nice way of documenting exactly. your children growing up, I think.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think we have the added benefit of not having to queue up in boots for a week <laughs> and, and, and wait to find our pictures, have all these stickers on saying blurred or inappropriate <laughs> yeah. material. <laughs> yeah,
1: and that one at the end, you just had to take one to
0: finish up the yeah. films. So. Yeah, yeah, with your snappy snap <laughs> yeah, camera.
1: Just a close-up of the door number or something. <laughs> um, and finally... There's an old saying about, you could ask anyone anything, say, I know it's like trying to pick your favourite child. Yes or no, and you don't have to name them, hmm. do you have a favourite child? Yes.
0: <laughs> Damn, can I take that back? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, the, I'm going to expand on that. Okay, well, you don't because, have to, no, but if you choose No, no, I'm, go, choose to I'm going something. to because I need to. Yes. Yes. Um, my favourite child changes on a daily basis <laughs> because because um, at any one time, there is one nice child in the family. The other three are invariably being horrible or arguing with each other or fighting or pulling the dog's tail or something like that. So I, have, I do have a favourite child. It changes. So thank God, girls, if you are listening to this in 15 years, I love you all equally.
1: <laughs> um, Simon, it's been such a pleasure spending some time in your company. Um... The book that you released is fantastic. Your Instagram feed, as I say, is genuinely warm and it's very entertaining. And it's so wonderful that you set about giving uh, an opportunity for for dads who often don't to get into the conversation. And I've loved having you on the podcast. I think it's been genuinely very informative and very funny. So thank you both for those things. Uh, Simon Hooper. Thank you very much. What a dad. Make sure you give Simon a follow on Instagram at fatherofdaughters to see all the fun his family gets up to. And if you enjoyed this episode of My Dad Pod, feel free to leave a comment and a rating. And why not share it with your friends? Next time, I'll be joined by a broadcaster who is bordering on national treasure status. It's mum of three, it's Emma Willis. So make sure you're subscribed to Dave Berry's Dad Pod to join us. If you have any comments or questions you'd like us to tackle, I would love to hear from you. Email me, DaveBerryDadPod at gmail.com. And thanks again for listening.